Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, babes, how's it going? I am doing pretty well, despite not sleeping great and having a week where my schedule is very off. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've said this before lots of times. So um, maybe I should just realize that I don't have a schedule that remains not off, that in some way, every week, my schedule changes much to my dismay. But like, I think it's because I have this like constant internal battle between like the part of me that needs really consistent routine and like advanced knowledge of what's happening, right? Like I'm always asking my husband like what his schedule is so that I know when he will be here and not so I can like plan around another person, which honestly, it takes effort for me being around another person, even the person I love and am married to. (laughs) And like I have my morning routine Uh, which is fairly consistent except for when I can't sleep, which is actually quite often. And then there's this other part of me that wants to live in like complete chaos and spontaneity. And I think that like, there's just no way to reconcile the two. And I just have to like accept that forever and always, I will have a schedule that then is not kept, that then has me feeling in some way off. And maybe this off is just on. Maybe this is what on feels like. (laughs) Does anyone else relate to this? Any, like anybody, anyone else feel this way? Just me? Okay. Anyway, I'm feeling pretty fine right now and we are gonna go with it. Have you watched Heartstopper season two yet? It's so fucking good, people. I know some of you will have not seen it yet, so I'm not gonna do spoilers, but... I think they did a really great job of starting to handle some of the darker themes that Alice explores in the comics. And there's still like a lightness, but nothing seemed like it was tied up in a happy little bow. You know what I mean? Like they're able to do this thing where there's like optimism and positivity, but like while still addressing like the humanness, like what it looks like to have like a real human experience, which is what I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, right? So we get to see like what it looks like for these teens specifically, like grappling with like sexuality and social pressure and like body dysmorphia and eating disorders and just like the general stress of like being a teenager and kind of like where that gets left with like life is a both and situation and it still feels so like hopeful and lovely and heartwarming and heart stopping. Um, So I give it like a 20 out of 10, like no notes, hashtag perfection. So moving on to some like fun, positive queer news, Wayne Brady has come out as pansexual. Love it. I love that we're getting so much more like diverse representation, especially from like a cis black man who everyone has known a certain way. 
It's really important that we get to see all expressions of sexuality and gender in different packages, so to speak. Um, because why? Representation matters. And it's just so like kind of unexpected from Wayne Brady. And I'm I'm here for it. Congratulations to him for coming out. We love you. Welcome to the community, Wayne Brady. If you ever want to sing a duet, let me know. Okay, so today I want to answer a question that I actually saw in a Reddit thread that I did not answer there because I don't even like, I mean, I guess I have a Reddit account, but I've never participated. Um, And I didn't answer there because Reddit is like a cesspool of bitterness and resentment. But I think that probably this is a question that a lot of people have. And the question is, why do coaches focus on mindset coaching? Like, why do so many coaches do that? And I think that the Redditor was trying to sort of call out coaches that do not sell any specific strategy, especially when it comes to business coaching. And of course, the angry mob for sure had lots of thoughts about how grifty they think business coaches are that don't sell a specific process. But in truth, whenever someone is selling their strategy, they're selling you what worked for them and a percentage of their clients. But we never actually hear about the ones that it did not work for because the real grift here, it's not the not selling a strategy or selling a strategy. It's that we never actually know what percentage of people are reaching their goals based on buying that person's product or participating in their program. And I think that the ones it did not work for probably needed more support around their thinking or around customizing that product, and they didn't have that support. And I think that's where mindset coaching comes in, right? Most of our failures come from our unwillingness to fail and feel bad in the face of that failure. And it sounds easy to navigate. Like when you say it that way, it's like, oh, I just need to fail more. But in truth, it's really not. Because if it was easy, more people would do it. And you would see more people succeeding in their dreams. For me, even I share what has worked for me and what I have helped other clients figure out for themselves, but only as an example of what is possible, not as a rule book to be followed. Because I know that every client is different and is going to need to figure out what works for themselves with support. So I don't know why other people choose mindset coaching, but I know why I choose to think of myself as a mindset coach, even though I work on different levels, including emotional processing and nervous system regulation and a little bit of strategy. But it's because the way we think about things impacts so much of what we do. And it's also the one thing that we can actually have some sort of control over Because as we've talked about in the past, our emotions are a complex process, right, that are constructed by our mind, and our nervous system responds instinctively also from our mind. Neither of those things do we have conscious control over. And they occur because of messages from our brain. And we can influence those things with the thoughts that we think and the way we interact with our brain. To do that, we actually 
have to be intentional and practice new mental scripts if we want to make those changes. So when we talk about coaching, we need to be very clear that coaching is not consulting. It is also not mentoring. Those are different things. Now, you may engage in all of those things throughout a session, and I do depending on the client, but a pure mindset coach is going to primarily be helping you look at your thoughts and challenge your narratives and help you understand what is getting in your way and then help you change your thinking and practice new narratives to rewire your brain. And the reason we need this is because we are unable to see it for ourselves. And I touched on this gently in episode 23, titled What Even Is Coaching, where I kind of explained what coaching was. And I'm going to say it more forcefully now. Most of you have tried doing this shit on your own, whether it's from like self-help books or evergreen courses, and you're still not where you want to be. So the truth is, if you could do it on your own, you would have by now. Because it's not for lack of trying. What you are missing is what you're missing. I'll say that again. What you're missing is what you're missing, right? You don't see what you're missing. Perfect example literally comes from my own life this week. Now, I am very good at coaching myself. And in my coaching community, I have a reputation for being like one of the top coaches. And yet, I still can't see everything because I'm too close to my own shit. So I was talking to my coach friend, Amanda. We have a weekly meetup. Shout out, Amanda. I don't know if she listens to the pod, but whatever. And I was just mentioning some mind drama that I'd had um, and kind of what it led to or whatever. And I pointed out like, oh, I just had this thought that like had me feeling really like down and demotivated. And the thought was, I am irrelevant super defeating, right? And I'm sure we've all thought that sometimes. But here is what Amanda pointed out to me that I was actually not seeing. I am irrelevant is not actually a thought error. There is a lot of truth in that thought because none of us is relevant in the grand cosmic sense. Like we're relevant to some people, but we're irrelevant to other people. But in the grand scheme of things, like we're not really relevant. So There really isn't anywhere to go from a thought like, I am irrelevant. Like, even if I'm trying to poke holes in it by giving evidence to the ways in which I am relevant, it really can fall apart so quickly when you take things to their, like, obvious conclusion that we all one day will die. And at some point, there will be no one left who knows who who we even were. So that makes us all essentially irrelevant. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have impact, right? But, like, do you see what I'm saying about like how that thought is just very true in some sense. So Amanda pointed out that a real thought error in this instance would be that on some level, I'm believing that I should be relevant or I need to be relevant. And it's sort of nuanced, but there is just more of a kernel of truth in the first one, right? That like I'm not relevant and it makes it harder to shift out of. The slight adjustment can bring about so much more curiosity, right? We can start to dig in. It's like, why do I think I should be relevant? Or why do I need to be relevant? What does it mean to be relevant? To whom do I even want to be relevant? Is it useful to want to be relevant, right? Like it's no longer a dead end. 
So having help identifying like these thought errors is a huge part of what we do as coaches. And like I thought that I had identified it, but really there was there was another layer to it that I wasn't seeing that I wouldn't have seen had she not pointed it out. Now, I did get to like a place where I created something from shifting out of that, but there's still so much more I can explore now that I have this other thought error that I wasn't seeing. The other reason mindset coaching is so important is because basically all strategies can work for some people, but they will not work for all people. Even if they do work for a large number of people, I guarantee there will be some customization happening. And this is where a coach can speed up that process by helping you identify more quickly the parts of that strategy that do not resonate with you and the ones that do. Secondly, you can have the greatest strategy in the world, but if you don't take action on it, you're not getting anywhere. That is often the biggest obstacle to us getting the results we want. The mind fuckery that keeps us from doing what it is we know will move the needle forward. Honestly, sometimes all it takes is someone holding space and being a witness and acknowledging your experience to get you to start moving forward. And other times it really takes some detective work to find the root of the issue that's putting you in this free state and then helping you process that emotion. Having support through that is priceless. Also, as neurospicy people, we tend to have less awareness of our feelings and actually intellectualize our emotions more than actually experiencing them. And this is kind of a side note, but I've I've been learning more and more about the co-occurrence of hypermobility with um, ADHD and autism, and so many things are clicking into place for me. Like I have all of these co-occurrences <laughs> that like I I didn't know were things, um, but right? Like if we go with thinking about hypermobility, there is sort of like a lack of sensation from the elasticity of the tissue. So, right, we tend to try to take ourselves into these really extreme ranges of motion just so that we can feel like muscle tension, like stretching. If we think about that in terms of like feeling our feelings, I've also like read stuff about there being less interoception and I like I think that correlates right so if you have really elastic tissue um you you don't feel sensation at smaller ranges of motion right so there's a lack of interoception there and interoception is one of the processes by which we construct emotion so if there are if if there is a lack of that in any way right? It means that we're not really feeling our feelings. And so it's much easier to like go into our brains and sort of think about the way we're feeling instead of actually having that experience of the feeling. And this is also funny because a lot of us have sensory issues. Like I have so many sensory issues. (laughs) Um, But then there's this lack of like feedback coming from my body. I don't know. I'm figuring it all out. It's all really interesting. If any of that sort of struck something in you, go do some reading yourself. One of the things I've noticed is that I spend a lot of time pointing out to people where they're creating problems because they're trying to avoid feeling, where they've intellectualized the feeling and they talk about it, um, but they don't actually experience it. Or they're trying to get ahead of the feeling so they never do have to experience and they're keeping it all up in their brain. And this happened just last week. Um, Someone wanted to get ahead of a potential issue 
but we didn't even know if there was going to be an issue. There was so much unknown in the situation. So what we ended up doing is creating safety around her being able to feel whatever came up if there was a problem. But it really took me saying and pointing out to her that the only problem I saw was that she was trying to avoid some potential emotional pain in the future. She couldn't see that on her own. She was like, oh, wait, you're right. This isn't a problem. I don't know if that's going to be a problem. Oh, and this thing here, I might not even end up doing that. Like, do you know what I mean? So that alone was worth the entire call to just have someone on the outside of it say like, hey, uh, this is like a feelings issue, not an issue issue. And we honestly could have ended the call there, but we didn't. We explored some of the possibilities and did the pre- like predicting for some of that and helped her to feel okay with whatever comes up down the line. So if you have been thinking about mindset coaching, right, and like kind of exploring what you think the benefit of it would be, honestly, between this episode and episode 23, that's going to give you a really good idea of like the part that mindset coaching plays in your journey. There is absolutely a time to focus in on the how, but I think we can't have the how without the why, the how come, the what does it feel like. We need it all together. So that's why mindset coaching. And that's why I really do think of it as mindset coaching. Again, even though there are so many other things that go on within the context of that session, we start with the mind and then we sort of spider web out from there to find all the connections that are really going to help us see things holistically and help you move forward on the path that you're choosing to be on. All right, my friends, that is what I have for you today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Happy weekend. I will talk to you again soon. Bye. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.